Welcome to the Hawkesbury Phoenix podcast, week commencing June 23, 2021. This week's headlines are Richmond Bridge Facebook Live Session, Winterfest this weekend, state and local governments working together to green public spaces. Pick up the paper or head to hawkesburyphoenix.com.au. This week we speak with Shannon Knoll about his latest shows, new album and his love for country Australia. Bryce Lightbody is this week's community champ. He chats about the his- he chats about the historical medieval battle as part of this weekend's Winterfest. What's on? East Richmond Park Run, a five-kilometre walk, jog or run at 8am every Saturday. Lions Club Richmond Good Food Market on every Saturday at Hawkesbury Showground from 8am to 1pm. Bilpin Market on every Saturday from 10am to noon. Bouncing Back, Windsor Walking Tour by Hawkesbury Regional Museum on Saturday from 10am to noon. Tickets $15 via Eventbrite. Sunday Markets at Windsor Mall every weekend from 9am to 3pm. Winterfest, Sydney Medieval Fair, Saturday and Sunday at Hawkesbury Showground. Pitt Town's Massive Garage Sale. Saturday, 9am to 2pm at the Uniting Church, Pitt Town. Meet in-training guide dogs at the Guide Dog Centre in Glossodia on Tuesday, June 29. It's free, but bookings need to be made via Eventbrite. The Hawkesbury Phoenix is a free community paper available every Thursday. It's found in newsagents, cafes, petrol stations and more. You have the opportunity to come along for the journey to success as we offer a range of marketing solutions with a range of print, digital and podcast advertising, monthly features and advertorial options. We're all about bringing the best out of our community with a positive attitude. This means involving community groups and businesses so we all survive and thrive. If you would like to let us know about your event, something the community needs to know, or contribute a piece about your club, please email the team at editor at hawkesburyphoenix.com.au. The annual Winterfest is here again. Look forward to Australian medieval combat, artisan valley, equestrian, medieval medicine, music, Mermaid's Cove, birds of prey demonstrations, historical reenactments and field of arms displays. It'll be held down at Hawkesbury Showground over Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Here we talk with Bryce Lightbody, the captain of Australia's Battle of the Nations team and Team Havoc, which is the New South Wales team in the historical medieval battle. Bryce will be part of the historical medieval battle sports on the weekend as the Australian Medieval Combat New South Wales Cup is part of Winterfest. Uh, Thanks for having me on as well. It's a pleasure. So this weekend is Winterfest and we have loads of things on the timetable and part of that is um, what you're involved in, the Australian Medieval Combat. Could you please tell us a bit about the sport? Yeah, no worries. Can do. Um, so yeah, historical medieval battle or HMB for short. It's a, uh, a type of full contact martial art where the combatants wear full head to toe 
historical based armor, but you know, well enough made by modern standards to avoid injury. And we uh, compete against other likely armored uh, fighters with blunted uh, steel weapons. Um, there's various different uh, categories of fighting, ranging from one versus one uh, duels. So good old, you know, good technical fighting, sword and shield, long sword, really, really strict uh, techniques. All the way down to the other end, which is Bohurt or the group fights, which are generally regarded as the most exciting and uh, thrilling fights. And those are the, uh, you know, we got five on five, twelves on twelve, um, and those fights are the aim of the game is to put the other team on the ground. So there's mm -hmm. lots of grappling, lots of big hits, lots of really dynamic movement around the field, um, and essentially doing whatever you need to do to put the other team on the ground. No holds barred near on, mm -hmm. other than a few little safety points here and there, but very very exciting to watch. Fantastic. It does. It does sound like it is. So could you pronounce that again? I would have pronounced it very badly. Bohurt? Bohurt. I thought, yeah, Bohurt. I thought it was, this, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah it, it's based off of uh, a French word from 14th century tournaments. So there's okay. a few different you know, pronunciations, but Bohurt. Is that what we can expect on the weekend or is it the one-on-one? -on -one? Oh, most definitely. Great. So we're going to be doing a whole series of different um, types of categories. Um, we're even lucky enough that we have some South Australian fighters coming up. So, yeah, yeah, in for a good old treat, get to see some out-of-state fighters as well. It's going to be really good. So, yeah, we're looking at doing some – mixing it up a bit. We'll do a few rounds of Bohurt, mix it up with some some jewels of the varying different categories and just kind of alternate that throughout the day. So it should be exciting for the crowd to watch. What are your favourite – part do you like the five is five or the mass battles oh it's every category has its own you know unique little twist the five versus five is really thrilling to to compete in because it's you know small teams really dynamic movement lots of movement around a, the field uh the 12 versus 12 as we're starting to get into the large battles that starts to get a little bit more strategic where you're working in you know groups of three and four um all the way up to 150 versus 150 at the last world championships I was in charge of a 30-man contingent in that. And, you know, when there's 300 fighters on the field, um, that was, you know, something entirely different. So really, really interesting. But I think absolute favourite at the moment, I'm really enjoying the 12 vs 12. Yeah, what did attract you to the sport, Bryce? Um, so ever since I was a little kid, I always was interested in martial arts. I started off doing karate as, as a kid and then went to jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts, a bit of Muay Thai. Um, and at the same time, I was always really interested in history. So, you know, competitive martial arts spawned in with history is, you know, best of the both worlds with H&B. Um, another aspect I really like is I love my team sports. So, you know, I, I enjoy playing rugby because you've got that camaraderie and, and teamwork. Um, but all the other martial arts out there, they're very much singular, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you're relying on your own skills entirely, whereas H&B is one of the few, if not the only full contact martial art that I can think of. That also has a team aspect where you're relying on your mates, your mates are relying on you, and you can you know, really build up that that teamwork and camaraderie with your your teammates. And ticks that history box. Yep, exactly. So get get to see the uh, you know we always like to travel to the big tournaments in Europe, and inevitably they're held at these beauty beautiful you know 14th, 15th, 16th century castles and mm -hmm. fortresses. So yeah, I love to be able to see the the history and kind of live it at the same time as as competing. It's amazing that you can do that. 
So, yeah, usually at uh, Winterfest, we hold a huge tournament. Interstate teams come up from all around the place. Um, unfortunately, this year, just through, you know, the, the dreaded COVID, unfortunately, it's, it's slightly smaller than usual. Um, but what we're looking at doing uh, this time is we'll split everyone into some smaller teams, probably some 3v3s or 4v4s, depending on numbers. And we'll just kind of work our way. We're going to do a round robin initially and then uh, slowly build our way up through the brackets until we get through to the, uh, the finals, hopefully on the, uh, the Sunday afternoon. It's going to be amazing. It's the full medieval armor. And you mentioned before, Bryce, that it now is sort of safer, like it's modern day safety in uh, a medieval look. So can you explain how that is all put together, please? Yeah, exactly. So like, like you say, you know, we, we've got the, the medieval look. So we start off with, looking at, you know, 14th or 15th century European armor from a specific uh area and then obviously we got better quality medals um a lot of our fighters now starting to use titanium armor one it's a little bit lighter two it holds up really nicely to impacts and three it doesn't rust which is always fun trying to clean off rust at the end of a tournament uh, but yeah we got full head-to-toe steel armor uh, meeting the specifications of the sport to make sure no one's going to get hurt but also maintaining the uh the visual appeal of, of medieval armor so for the most part we try to stay nice and historically accurate but certain portions of it we have to update uh, just to make sure, you know, at the end of the tournament, everyone can go home happy and, and go back to work the next day. Yeah, so we're looking at um, spreading the fights out throughout the entirety of Saturday and Sunday. So anytime, you know, the the spectators can make it to the, the list, the field that we fight on, uh, there's going to be some sort of good fights and uh, good entertainment for them. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start off with Bohurt on Saturday morning, do that for a few rounds, move up into the duels before lunchtime, and then rinse and repeat from there. Bohurt's followed by duels, just give the fighters enough of a rest. Um, in between as well, we'll have fighters on display, we'll have armour and weapons there, so any spectators can come and talk to us, you know, engage with the fighters, you know, hopefully find out who their favourite fighter is and they can watch them uh, fight in the next rounds and cheer them on. I'm really looking forward to it, and it's going to be... A fantastic weekend for the Hawkesbury community to learn and have a really fun and interesting weekend out. We get to see something really interesting that only comes round this once a year. Have a lovely evening and we'll see you on the field. No worries. We'll see you on the field. And uh, right. hopefully we get uh, plenty of your viewers coming in to, to say good day and, and watch the fights. You'll all yep. enjoy it, I'm sure. Thanks, Bryce. I'm very happy to be speaking with inspirational Aussie singer Shannon Knoll. How are you, Shannon? I'm good, thanks, Ryan. How are you? Yeah, really well. Thank you for your time. So we'd just like to talk about the tour. How's that going? Yeah, um, it's it's going it's going pretty well. You know, we've we've had a few solid weeks on the road, but six or eight on the road, and uh, we've got one off this weekend, which is great. But then. Mm. Back up to Queensland next week. Hope, hopefully, if we can make it up there with all the all the new stuff that's happening yeah. again in Sydney. So it always it's always a bit of a like you're juggling <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit to see if Absolutely, you can make yeah. over the border and into into uh, other states. So, but other than that, it's been going really, really well. The responses have been really good, and yeah, it seems like um, everyone's been enjoying them. So it's been great. Awesome! It's lovely to have live music back. I'll just. What are you expecting expecting for the shows? Like you mentioned COVID and um, yeah. so do you think it will impact on the shows? Um, I mean, this next week, we've, we've the one we're trying to get done next week, uh, we've just tripped the switch and sort of been moved three times now, so, uh, or twice, I think. So really hoping to get that one done and because and, a lot of these shows, 
uh, I've got on this year are uh, shows from last year that <laughs> were yeah. postponed 12 months. So it's yeah. a little bit like Groundhog Year. <laughs> it, but, oh, um, it is, yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we're hoping to get them done and, and, and the crowds have been really good and, and uh, really responsive. Yeah, so I was just sat on a knife's edge to wonder if you're going to get another outbreak the week before it or something like that. So, um, but, you know, we, we're getting most of them done now, so it's, it's been really great to be able to get, get something done <laughs> along the way. Well, uh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed from us. <laughs> what does it mean to be successful in entertainment as a country boy? like yourself it's very funny actually it's surprisingly like farming in a way you've got wow. a product you've got a product you're trying to uh you're trying to sell out there and you've got um agents in the middle and <laughs> and things like that so apart from a totally opposite uh polar opposites uh in product it's similar in the way that the business sort of thing is structured but obviously uh, growing up and born and bred in a farm was so entertainment was something that was you know we always loved to do it and, and and play uh acoustically together my brothers and and in and in electric bands as well but sort of it was only just a hobby mostly and and we sort of just got a really lot of our own enjoyment out of it and that's why we did it so we just did it because we loved it so um to end up having that be uh a sole income is 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 wonderful you know so you get to um you do enjoy music every day and, and um, yeah, but yes, there are times I miss the farm, though, <laughs> as you could imagine. <laughs> I'm sure anyone would accept you as a shearer's hand. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I'm, I'm, I'm the shearer here, so <laughs> lucky I haven't got that many sheep, but so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what do you miss about the bush? Yeah, uh, we're back out a little bit now. We're on some acreage now on, uh, on the Hume Highway just out of Sydney, uh-huh. which is which is really really nice. It's pretty convenient too. You know, we've got a pretty quick access to uh, Canberra, Goulburn Way, and obviously Albury and and uh, and that uh, Melbourne, Victoria that way too. Mm. Um, but also, it's it's about an hour back into the city, so an hour into the airport. And you know, sometimes where I used to live in the shire, it'll take you an hour to get to the airport just because of the yeah. traffic and the traffic lights. So, it reminds me a little bit of growing up at the farm here, just on a freeway and open road. You know what I mean? You might get a bit, a bit of traffic here and there, but mm-hmm. you can actually, you're not getting pulled up by traffic lights every, every five seconds. So, so it's really great to be back out on, on a, on a little bit of uh, acreage out here at the moment. It's only a little hobby farmy thing, but you can still um, go down the back and, and light a, light a little campfire and, and sit around and have a cup of tea, which is, which is fantastic. You'll never take the country out of the boy, even if you take the boy out of the country, right? <laughs> exactly right. That's right, 100%. <laughs> Has it changed your approach to music over the years, like not being in the country? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think my approach to music uh, has changed. Uh, the, the, always the love and the enjoyment for me is is the touring side of things in live shows, you know, and and. And over the last few years, we're playing more and more festivals and more and more bigger gigs like that, like your Denny Ute Masters and and uh, and stuff like that, and and big big um, festivals like that, which is so much fun, which I'm I'm really really enjoying. We've played a few this year, and 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 there's just yeah, there's so much fun. You get to catch up with people you haven't seen, uh, other artists and that sort of thing that you haven't seen for a while, which is always really great. And and also to you know to watch other artists sets. Um, I think we all go there for the one goal, and that's to try and uh, give everyone a great time, uh, and also enjoy ourselves uh, as well. So, 
it's really great to to watch other you know blokes I grew, people I grew up listening to and and buying albums of and things like that that uh, sometimes down on the same bill. I mean, we still get the odd a few pub gigs here and there, which are the good old old pub rock shows, which are a yeah. lot of fun too. So, and then of course there's a few of the COVID ones where they're restricted numbers and and we're doing them acoustically. So we're getting getting a really wide range of textures in within the shows this year. So that's that's a really nice thing. Oh yeah, well it must be nice for I'd say any artist to be back. Like if you've been playing, yeah. like you say, tour stages, and then to be back in the pub. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun, and and people are you know definitely uh, been looking forward to getting out and having a good time, seeing some live live music again. Uh, going from the some of the reactions that we've had over the last sort of six months, it's been really, really, really great. So you've got the new album out, and yeah, why is Raw different to your previous releases? Well, it's sort of it's a completely acoustic album or semi-acoustic, so it's something I've never really done in a recording scenario before. They've always been full band, you know, all the bells and whistles, you know, your uh, your percussion, bass, drums, keys, you know, back and vocals, or even though this got back and vocals on it as well, though electric guitars, all that sort of stuff. So it's a really stripped back sort of setup with this album. It's been really nice because we've actually had to do a lot of these sort of acoustic shows due to COVID numbers. So it's, it's been great to be able to, to, whilst recording this album, also be, be actually performing a lot of these shows in the same, in the same way, you know. So this one's, yes, yeah, so it's, it's, it's fully well, semi-acoustic and it's, uh, and it's all the big songs that I've, I've done in the past in this format. So plus uh, a couple of covers from some bands that, that I've, I've uh, loved for years and years and also two uh, brand new originals in there as well, which are sort of yeah. in that acoustic sort of style as well. It's not a greatest hits just yet. That's what we're like to hear. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it. The acoustic singer is the greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you look to veteran singers like Jimmy Barnes and John Farnham as someone to aspire to? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I was on tour with Jimmy one time and I said, um, so when do you start actually making some money out, out of this, mate? And he said, I'm only just starting to do it now. And I went, oh, crikey. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just them two guys are the, are the pinnacle uh, of Australian touring at the moment. I think that, you know, obviously they're the biggest and, and most successful that we've got and have been for a while going around. So, um, you know, every show they do is, you know, over at least most times over five or 6,000 people without mm-hmm. raising a sweat, which is wonderful, wonderful to see. I think it's great to see Australian acts headlining Australian festivals like the uh, the the Red Hot Summer and things like that, and as well as uh, the Summer Sounds, that, that the one I've been on with uh, all the guys from that, Richie Clapton and, and all those guys, mm-hmm. Wendy Matthews and all those guys. So yeah, it's, amazing. Uh, it's great to see Aussies headlining, you know, Auss- Australian tours um, and festivals. But I think, you know, Jimmy and, Jimmy and John are obviously what, you know, everyone would want to aspire to as a solo artist, I suppose, given... You know, they've, they've, had, they've worked so hard, they've released some amazing music over the years and thoroughly deserve to be doing exactly what they're doing now. You know, they've put, you know, probably 40 years into their careers. So I think, you know, they um, thoroughly deserve to be at, at, the, at the peak, at the place that they're at now, you know, and, and, and the levels of success that they're experiencing now, you know. So it would be nice, um, lovely to be down the track and, and be sort of, you know, in a similar vein, you know, with, with that sort of thing. So... Yeah, I definitely take a lot from those guys and every time I get the chance I make sure that I'm 
I uh, take it all in, you know, and watch and take notes. Yep. There's no doubt you'll be up. <laughs> that will be <laughs> you. <right>. <laughs> Are there any other musical influences that you're enjoying at the moment? Um, yeah, there's a bit of rock and roll stuff coming back now that, that, I, uh, that I enjoy. I, I'm sort of a big fan of, sadly, they've both passed. Um, Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell, I was massive fans of those yeah. internationally as vocalists. You know, they, they don't muck around. They're, they don't, they're real singers, you know. They really push. I mean, like Jimmy and Johnny as well, you know. They, they really push hard to get the, the notes and they're, and they're very powerful voices, which is, which is um, what my favourite uh, type of singing, you know. So that's what I've sort of been uh, listening to a lot of their, those guys um, over the last probably six months, I suppose. But I've always had that bit of a rock and roll flavour in, in my taste in what I like. In music, so I think that's why you know chisel and bands like that have always been sort of at the top of the list for me, I suppose. Speaking country again, has the resilience of Aussies after the droughts and fires and uh, now pandemic inspired any new work? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I sort of I, th- I thought to myself during this pandemic last year that there'd be a million people coming out with, with COVID nineteen songs. Mm. So I just thought I, I didn't really, because it's been really hard to write too because, like, there was a gig I had to do, I did in Darwin late last year and half the band was in inner Sydney and they were all in hot spots. So I had to take a whole new band out to, up to Darwin and we got to rehearse in the hotel room the night before the gig. The gig oh. And I was a bit of a, you know, it was pretty crazy. I kept my, my brother still drum because he lives out, out uh, in Forbes, out in the bush, so... Yeah. He was uh, he was all good, and then so but the rest of the boys were sort of yeah just just all in no rehearsal much. So it's been really hard in that aspect to try and get into do writing sessions and things like that because mm-hmm. I, I got like this weekend here the Queensland border put a, a ban on anyone from inner Sydney to, to go up anywhere near, over the Queensland border. So I'm a bit wary of that sort of stuff at the moment. I, and because we had we booked so many shows last year that never got done, so I just wanted to put this this uh, year right into the touring side of things and really focus on that and, and try and do a bit of writing along the way if it uh, fit with the, with the touring side of things. So that was what was so great about getting the album Raw done at the end of last year so we could release it this year and have some new material out and then focus on the touring for a bit and then uh, get stuck into a new album mid to, to the end of this year. Do you have any advice for country entertainers who are looking to break through? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is you just, you've just got to play you got to play in front of people and, and hone your craft. Mm-hmm. It's not just getting up there and singing to a crowd. I think it's, it's a lot more to do with reading the crowd, seeing what songs are going to work. And you've also got to always calculate this whilst you're performing too. So mm-hmm. talking about, he said, men can't multitask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm sort of looking at the set list going, well, that's out. That's not going to work tonight. Uh, that I'll put this one back in. So I think, you know, having that comfortability on stage from just being on stage. You know, I think you've got yeah. to learn how to perform. It's not just singing and playing, it's performing as well and yeah. pervading that emotion that is within the song as well. So the more you get comfortable with that, the better, I think, is, is one bit of advice I'd give uh, up-and-comers. And another one would be just write. Write as much as you can. The more songs you write, you know, the closer you're going to get to writing the, the best song in your life and, and then, you know, whatever more after that. So I think... Um, there's so many different ways of writing and, and, and each their own with it, you know what I mean? But you just, you've just got to try and keep writing and keep 
keep performing, but you know, if you're a little bit shy, start off uh, at family barbecues or something like that in a, in a safe, in a, you know, comfortable environment, and then mm-hmm. move it on to you know community events or whatever, or footy presentation nights or mm-hmm. anything like that. Just to just to build your your uh, time on stage performing. Yeah. Do you still get nervous? I do a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of a cross between nerves and anxious. I once I know mm-hmm. I'll be right once I get up there, and also once I start singing and I know where, where my voice is at. I mean, I warm it up properly before a show, but it's sort of I really want to do the best I can uh, with every show every time. So it's always a nice feeling when I know that my voice is there and I'm going to be able to hit all the notes that I want to go after and I'm going to hit them clearly and strongly. So it's always a little bit of – because I sing really hard uh, and, yeah, and it sort of yeah. takes, it takes a bit of wear and tear on it. So I like to – it's nice to know that it's, that it's there and it's going to work. It's going to make it through the set, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Where will we be seeing you next? Well, next weekend I'm in trying to trip the switch next weekend. Uh, that's in that's in Ipswich. In at the Bridge Hotel, I've got a few shows in there coming up as well. But everything's at channelnoll.com.au, all the tour dates. So mm-hmm. I'll catch them all on there. There's there's a fair few lined up for the rest of the year. So uh, fingers crossed right. we can. Fantastic. So is that the best place to get tickets? Uh, yeah, there should be a link there, mate. Otherwise, it'll, it'll just uh, let, uh, you just get in t- contact with the venue. So Fantastic. And how do we keep up with you? So, uh, my tag is Nolsey on uh, Instagram and Twitter and, and um, Shannon Old Facebook page as well. So they're, they're all linked. And I've, I've even busted into the TikTok world. <laughs> You. Uh, oh my gosh! I didn't know. I didn't see that in my research. Uh, yeah. yeah, no. There's a bit of a TikTok page there, so it's, it's a little bit of fun. Check that out. It is fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not many. There's no uh, videos of me doing. doing <laughs> that's to come. That's yeah, to come. yeah. Absolutely. My kid said, "If you we catch you doing that, that's it. We're out." <laughs> Or you might need to take them on as like um, they could manage your. You can have social media yeah. managers. Absolutely, yeah. The TikTok, the TikTok manager kids. <laughs> <laughs> Keep Absolutely. it in the family. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your time, Shannon. No have a great day. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Brownbox Media is an international communications agency with bases in Australia, Asia and the UK. The Australian arm offers publishing, strategy and marketing, public relations, podcasting, video, direct marketing and design solutions. Visit www.roundboxmedia.com.au or contact us on 0416 737 625.